This episode of the Namaste podcast is brought to you by Audible. I'm so excited to be sharing this news with you guys because I have been a Audible listener and user for so many years. So the very fact that they are sponsoring the Namaste podcast is blowing my mind. I'm so excited about this. And if you haven't ever heard about Audible before, it is a subscription-based audiobook company. It's so fantastic. And because they are sponsoring the Namaste podcast, they have actually given me a link for all of my American listeners out there. You guys are going to get a free audiobook with the 30-day trial membership. A free audiobook. Ah, I'm beyond excited for you guys. So if you'd like to redeem this free audiobook with the 30-day trial membership, head on over to my description box below this episode and you can click the affiliate link. It is www.audibletrial.com slash namaste. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Namaste Podcast, a podcast dedicated to uplifting the soul, connecting self-help ideas to extraordinary success. <laughs> Today on the show, I have the founder of the Ass Left Foundation. He teaches emotional awareness and he's a personal recovery coach. It's Jeff Karens in the house. How you doing today? Not bad. How are you? I am pretty wonderful. I'm very, very excited to have you on the show. Um, I'm just going to first start off with our connection because uh, for everyone listening, there's a lot of Odyssey listeners out there. We uh, we have met through Odyssey. Um, can you tell us? It was Joy, right? That recommended? It was Joy. Uh, yeah. I've been going to Odyssey for about seven years. They're kind of my go-to for anything self-help metaphysical anything they got pretty much anything covered from books to crystals incense Everything. you name it and the courses i really like too that they offer from reiki and shamanic circles um, oh yes have you done that i before? did the shamanic circle last Ooh. month with lisa and her friend and it was, oh. pre it was pretty trippy it's pretty uh it's pretty good so yeah, no, and I was talking to Lisa and Joy and just kind of saying, talking about as left and mm -hmm. whatever. And then Joy was like, you need to contact Melissa. So I was like, of course I hesitated for a couple of weeks. And then finally I was like, okay. Oh, um, wow. Thanks, yeah. Joy. I love Joy. <laughs> she should she should have given birth by now. I was going to say, I, that was my next question. Thank you for reading my mind. <laughs> I love this world. All right, well, let's just jump right into it. So let's let's go into um, how did you come about to uh, starting your foundation? Maybe you could tell everyone a little bit about it and then how, uh, how it came about. All right, well, a few years back, um, I just... <laughs> Sorry, wow. guys, uh, an earthquake just happened. No, I'm joking. I don't know what just happened, but go for it. Try again. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, no, a few years back... Um, I guess you could say I, I broke my life. Um, I was very close to financial success. I was doing the entrepreneur thing and um, I messed it all up. And so back then I had blame to go around and oodles on why I was where I was. But at the mm. end of the day, I was, it was all on me. And um, so, yeah, uh, but just in the realization, um, came back to Toronto trying to launch a project and I was homeless, didn't have a car. My son had to go back to his mom's, my English bulldogs at one place, my cats were another. 
and just had and just had nothing. Um, yeah, and so it was kind of like one of the first times I was ever clinically depressed. And the story gets worse, but I can't share that story because there's other people involved, and I'm not here to do harm to their healing. So um, if I ever get their permission, yeah, of course. But it, yeah, got worse, and then uh, my son's life got worse. He was just starting high school, and um, and then just I kept putting my happiness into the future. I was like, I kept trying to relive my past, being like, okay, I'll try it. Like, not accepting the failures mm-hmm. and just being like, okay, I'll do it again and I'll do it again. And it's like, I didn't realize I was making a deal with myself that I had to suffer now. Mm-hmm. And and then the reward is over there. Like, it was all critical thinking and it was all external. Right. So for that type of thinking, um, and l- like I said, life just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Like, at one point, I was watching my son's house burn down, living at his mom's. Like, that was just... God. Yeah. And I wasn't back on my feet yet, so he couldn't come back with me. And it was just watching... Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was heartbreaking. And so... Where was this? Sorry to interrupt. Um, Oshawa? No, no. It was uh, In... Richmond Hill. Um, oh, my gosh. That's where I live right now, actually. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Oh. No. Um, so, their whole lives got messed up. And I couldn't... And I was always the problem solver. And I couldn't solve it. Hmm. And the amount of guilt and shame that went along with that. At that time, you don't realize it's guilt and shame. It's just more pain. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, sure, I've got pain. And... Um, I went down to about 120 pounds. Um, mm. I started just, I can't, I can't remember if my friends bailed on me or if I just cut them off. It's like, you know, when you're just in that haze. So, mm. um, but yeah, it was just basically, everything came to a peak when my, it, when my dad died and mm. just suddenly. And so it, things got really, really dark. And then, because over the years, I never went, I never got, I had access to many things, but I didn't have access to professional help or pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. I didn't want access to pharmaceuticals, um, but I, was I self-medicating? Absolutely. Um, but so anytime, like when my friends saw me, or my family saw me, they saw how frail I was and just whatever, they're like, you need help. I got two things is you need help and you need to let this go. Mm-hmm. And so when I would give my rationalization, I'd be like, well, what can a therapist teach me? Because my story is not the most horrible story, but it was unique. There is no support group for what I went through. And again, it wasn't the most terrible thing. It was just unique. And so one in 7.5 billion people went through this. And so I always thought my pain was unique. Like I would Mm. talk to somebody and they'd be like, oh, I know what you're going through. You're like, no, I don't. No, you don't. In my mind, like I'd just be outside and be like, "Uh uh-huh. But in my mind, I'm like, yeah, you do. You don't know my, you don't know what I'm going through because I was always relating my pain to the story. And so I was reading self-help book after self-help book, watching the videos um, just for years. And yeah, I, I, I had little gradual bits and pieces mm-hmm. of it. And then finally, after, like I said, after my dad died, um, I started, it started to come clear of everything I was learning, every self-help book. And on for healing, like I don't, I don't know how to make a million dollars. I don't know how to manifest the Ferrari. Mm-hmm. But it was like just because I wanted to heal. I wanted to feel better about this life. Mm-hmm. And... So it's, it was as at, as actually at Odyssey um, when I had this realization down in their basement room and this one woman was there, she was teaching healing and whatever. And it's like, so you walk into the room and it was just all just heavy energy, like everyone, but you think it's normal because you just walked in. And so she got somebody to come up who, who's ill and sick and whatever. Um, and, and she just said something and you could feel 
everybody in the room stopped thinking about themselves for a second and they put all their energy onto that person. And Mm. the woman was just flooded, just started crying. And it was like, it was like, she's like, this just feels so amazing. And it was like, and then the whole room was just lighter after that. And it was, yeah. Did she have like a spirit attached to her? No, it was more like everyone just shifted from selfishness. Like what can they get out of the speaker to being like to empathy, just being like maybe some sympathy in there, but Mm -hmm. just mostly empathy. And it was like, and just that energy shift. And I already knew about empathy and the power of empathy. That's why I could identify it when I felt it. And I was like, and it just, it just came really clear for the umpteenth time, the umpteenth book, the umpteenth video was that, um, everyone's got their different flavor of trying to help people. Mm-hmm. But basically is like, if you want to heal, you have to accept where you are now unconditionally. Mm-hmm. It, like we never tell ourselves it's okay. I'm okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. We're always creating the scenarios. We're always being like, what if this happens? Then I'll do this. Then I'll do that. And it's just, you're burning and you're creating negative energy. So, um, acceptance. And it was like, and it started to come really clear being like, wow, empathy, the real power of empathy. Because if you're, if you're flooded with empathy, you can forgive anything. Hmm. Um, because you're not thinking about yourself, right. you're in putting yourself in other people's positions and you just give the benefit of the doubt because it feels good. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, because forgiveness, let's be honest. If you want, if you want peace, you want enlightenment, you want salvation, it's forgiveness, mm-hmm. unconditional forgiveness for yourself mm-hmm. and for others. Mm-hmm. And if you can practice that, like that's the, that's the go-to. You cannot be depressed. You cannot be anxious. Mm-hmm. You, you like addictions is, I believe rooted in emotional pain. Totally. It's not a moral issue. It's not like no. the devil's in them. It's just they got too <laughs> they just got too much for this life. Yeah. And so they needed to self-medicate. And then eventually you just lose control because mm-hmm. your tolerance builds, so you take more and abuse more and everything else. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, your life's not getting better, so you know it's getting worse and you have more reasons to do what you do. Yeah. So it was like, and it just kind of came very clear. Okay, so forgiveness, empathy gets me to forgiveness. Now, why is forgiveness tough? Because of the way it feels. Like, I can't forgive that person because they hurt me. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I can't forgive myself for what I did and who I hurt. So it's always pain. So we're either feeling fear and anger or feeling guilt and shame. So mm-hmm. if we're look, reflecting in, it's guilt and shame, which is the two most toxic emotions a human being can feel. Mm-hmm. Or it's anger and fear because it's something that's done externally outside to us. Right. So, and I was like, okay, so, and I realized again, what I'd done through smaller steps is the power of surrender. Mm. When you stop resisting to the way you feel and you allow yourself to be angry and you allow yourself to be sad or even when you've been through so much, your subconscious just like your mind detaches from your body and you're just sitting in a fog and that's all the pain that's just come to the surface. But the mind never, we were never taught on how to identify our emotions and what's the process to get rid of them. So when you just surrender, just being like, do what you will. Mm-hmm. And, and now everything starts triggering you. You know, you're watching sad movies, just bawling your eyes out. <laughs> you know, you're watching like on Facebook, the Dodo. If I'm ever feeling like off, I watch a Dodo video. Like, What's uh, a Dodo video? It's where, uh, it's a popular thing on Facebook. And so it's always rescue, like an animal rescue. Like they Aww. found this and you see them nursing back to health and whatever. And you know what I love? When soldiers come home from war and the, and the animals greet them, that just, that gets me every time. You Perfect. just, that makes me ball. <laughs> that's, but that's exactly what we want to do. Yeah. See, uh, you want to get that energy out. The mind mm-hmm. created this powerful energy and then that could be anger. It could be fear. It could be sadness. It could go through any level. And I'm only focusing on the negative because about the healing. Of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's when you just allow, just because that video 
was it's it that video is not is triggering you but the pain that you have the void or how the core belief mm -hmm. is what's bringing all that emotion to the surface right because all of our emotions sit in our body and um there's a woman like i already learned all this but there's a woman dr candace pert back in the 70s um she discovered the opioid receptor um so and then she just like started this kind of foundation if you will she's done over 200 papers um pretty much explaining emotions effect on the body hmm. um and i already and i already knew this not on her level like i still have to read the book a couple of times to like ligands neurotransmitters everything else and i'm like yeah eh, i'm just gonna <laughs> stay in my lane like stay in my lane what's her name again Doc candace? dr candace pert um pert. she passed away in 2013 okay uh, but uh you can google her and youtuber and she's just She's just such a free-spirited woman, and she's amazing to listen to. Like, and and I get it. She was in a male-dominant industry, and mm. she's like, "Hey guys, we're gonna talk about emotions here and the effects on my body." No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she could prove without a doubt. Like, some of her quotes is, "Mind doesn't dominate body; it becomes body." Hmm. Um, and she's like, "Our body is the subconscious mind," and I was like, "Okay, so all the and it just like ding right there." And I was like, Whoa. "Okay, so all of our memories, good or bad, is sitting in our body." Hmm. Now, if we have too much and we get we get taught that we're supposed to carry our pain you gotta be strong yeah. give it give it time two worst pieces of advice unless you're applying as left but because if you're just sitting there being like yeah i have to carry this and whenever what happens is, is it just builds now you went through the event and one event say the death of a loved one okay because that's that's a real keen on somebody and that can be an animal too as well like it's just you love this person this thing doesn't matter death mm -hmm. of a loved one it's like well they're sad no sure i wish i was just sad but you know what i'm sad that they're gone i'm angry that they're gone yeah. i'm fearful that they're gone yeah. i'm guilty that i didn't do what i should have done you know like and it's just you have all these emotions wrapped up in one event yeah. and again the mind just detaches from it because it's like i don't know what's going on here like, hmm. I don't know how to process this. So you're thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, and that's just the conscious mind. Then eventually one morning you wake up or you get a major distraction in life, say a new job, new boyfriend, new whatever, this and that. Then it's like, then that pain goes into the subconscious. It goes into the dark room. Right. So, but it's unhealed. So that event hmm. went in there, but that all that anger, all that rage, guilt, shame is in there now too. Hmm. And the price of the subconscious is, is we'll allow you to move on with your life. But if you have anything that reminds you, if you see something that reminds you, hear something that reminds you, smell something smell, that reminds you, yeah. taste it, touch something that reminds you, or think about something that reminds you, the pain is going to get triggered. And right. depending how much the reminder is or how constant you keep getting that reminder, then the pain gets more and more and more. So basically it's called being offended. When we get offended. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, like they're calling people the snowflake generation because they're offended. And all, and all it is is suppressed and repressed emotions that are in the body that when you witness something, you're like, shame on you, you know, <laughs> this and that. Like, and it's yeah. like we take it out on other people. Like, yeah. you just triggered me. Yeah. And I'm like, at first I was like, because I'm an open guy. I just speak my mind. I speak my truth. I try not to insult anybody. I try not to whatever. I just speak my truth. And that offends people. Right. And I was like, I don't offend you. You offend you. Yes. I've almost gotten my teeth knocked out for saying that or cut. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Or they're basically yeah. like, I don't like Jeff. <laughs> and it's like, because it was, I, when, I was, I was in, when I went back to school, I, I started doing presentations on left, and I went back to school, and it was like, and because the teacher would be like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And 
I was already a little bit educated, I guess, to the world, but yeah. I also knew, understood the emotional relevance. So I was always talking about how it's left, and it just offended people. Oh. oh, left, right, and center. And then finally one time, they were ju- like, like it'd be like one speaks up, I'd speak again, then two would jump in on me, and it was like, tick, tick, yeah. tick, 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 tick. So my teacher was like, Jeff, you have a right to be offended. And I just smiled, and I was like, no. I was like, I'm not giving anybody power over my happiness. Yeah. And and she's and my teacher's like, huh? And I'm like, be the change you want to see. <laughs> and I and I hear that one of my classmates, I love her, she's a friend of mine now, and she's and she's like, huh? He's quoting Gandhi. And I'm like, you're right, I am. Be the change you want to see. I was like, because I go, if we all get along with each other, I was like, I get it that you're jumping on me because I'm speaking. You have a belief to that. It's making you uncomfortable, so you're projecting that onto me. Yeah. I was like, why don't you take your power back? Have a little empathy. It'll get you there. Yeah. And a little bit of acceptance, you know, and if I say something wrong, forgiveness will help not ruin your day. Sure. So the class, like, it took a while for the class to kind of, um, I guess, get used to me. But, oh, okay. uh, but yeah, no, so wow. I forgot the whole line I was going on. So, yeah, just when, as left is the most simplistic way, like, I've, I've been, it's been told it's called the ultimate emotional regulation for somebody, uh, the most simplistic way to learn our emotions hmm. um, and feelings. Like, why are we feeling the way we feel? Where is it coming from? How do we heal it? Right. Um, and it's helped people. Like, when I, f- uh, when I first learned as left, I kept it to myself because I was like, this only works for me because my pain is unique and whatever. Right. And it just, <laughs> just to me. And then I started just sharing with people because I'm, I'm, no, I'm an open guy and it's mm-hmm. like, and I had to kind of explain myself for disappearing and why, do you, why did you look 120 pounds and now you're looking like you're all jacked, what's going on? Like what happened? <laughs> I'm like, oh, you know, I was an idiot. And I learned this and I learned that. And just kind of speaking about what I learned about acceptance and surrender, I would get messages back maybe a month or weeks later and people were like, thank you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. for what? They're like, well, you just told me about this, and I applied it to my life, and you know what? I'm so much happier now. I'm like, oh, wow. That's what I was like. Mm-hmm. And then finally, um, um, okay, let me word this right. A person I know um, who's a friend, close, uh, was going through a tough time. They're going through a breakup and a custody battle. Mm-hmm. And I had gone through that. Like, I became a father when I was 20. Well, 21, my problem started, but 22, he actually came. So, oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. So you're like, one of those. I am one of those. <laughs> you can I've, officially say that prom night was uh, a good night. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, could, I love it. I could say something. No. So, um, yeah. So the person I cared about, they were being a bit of an energy vampire. They just wanted to call people oh. and just bitch about their problems, and you know, like oh, it's not fair, and like the rage. So anytime oh. they called me. I was like, you know, it's all going to work out. I was like, you know, I went through this like 20 years ago and whatever. And it'd be like, like I'd let them speak for about two and a half minutes, get it out because they care about them. And then with a positive and then just, they would just hang up on me (laughs) because they didn't want to hear it. They wanted to, they wanted that feed the, oh, poor you. Oh, tell me more. And I was like, buddy, I got my own problems. You know what you should do? Mm. Do you want the real advice or do you want the soft advice? No, I've tried that. I've Have tried you? That. Yeah. Yeah. Because they always say the real, but then you waste a whole bunch of energy. Mm-hmm. Like the worst part is, is like you, you talk to somebody for three hours trying to help them. Like they hook you that one time. 
and you feel the energy back because you can feel them being like, oh, the light bulb's coming on. And they're like, yeah. oh, my God, thank you so much. And then a week later, they took none of your advice, and they're calling you about kind of the same problems yeah. wrapped in a different flavor. They know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. So yeah. So I was like, I, I showed them the stages of change, states of change. It was like, you know, there's pre-contemplation, contemplation, um, planning, um, execution of the plan, maintenance, termination. Okay. So if you have a goal, like, you know, like people will be like, there's a problem in my life. You know, it's, it's now my fault. That's contemplation. Okay. You know, well, I got a plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Well, what if happens if I steer from the plan? Okay, well, that's our maintenance, you know, and then hmm. eventually you achieve your goal and so you can terminate what happened. Ah. But if you're in pre-contemplation, nobody can help you. The examples of pre-contemplation, it's not my fault. Right. That's just the way life is. No, it's like, And it's like they're not taking responsibility and they're being a victim. So mm. I send them, I created one and I send it to them. I was like, you're here. And I circle it. I was like, I cannot help you. You cannot help you because you are here. You are suffering mm. and you are creating this. I was like, get to, well, maybe there's something I can do about this. And I was like, now we're into contemplation. I was like, that's where my magic happens. I was yeah. like, I can help you there. I was like, but if you're here, I can't do it. And so then eventually, no, I do want change. And then you listen to their story a little bit and you're like, no, nah, no, you don't. <laughs> and I'll call them on it. Like being I, like, you're not going to like what I got to say, but I love it. I'm coming from a place of love, not judgment. Because, mm -hmm. but, but I love me more than I love you. Mm -hmm. Meaning like I can't burn my precious energy on trying to convince you. Like if I got to sell you that you got to change, mm -hmm. then I'm done. I was like, mm -hmm. I go, but I do seminars. Like I do online presentations. You are more than welcome to sit back just watch, have a drink, doesn't matter what you want to do. Right. And it's like eventually it'll kick in or it won't kick in. But but basically it's like I'm trying to give as left. Like when I first came up with as left, I was like, um, oh, that was the point of the story about the person. He caught me one time at a friend's and he just like started bitching at me. And it was like, he's like, I haven't eaten, I haven't slept, I haven't, um, like I can't concentrate, I threw up all the time. Like, and whatever and I was like and my ego mind was like don't you know what I've been through like like who are you bitching to <laughs> and I was like you really don't know and so but I was like but I was already aware at the time being like okay I, I know that's my ego and yeah. I give my ego one shot like yeah. go ahead run every scenario what about me me myself and I and as soon as I repeat it then I'm like okay empathy it's your turn Right. And then that just put me into issues. And it was like well he's not eating he's not sleeping he can't concentrate he's suffering I was like you had that mm -hmm. even though your stories were different the emotions are the same mm -hmm. now what you do with those emotions again is unique to us and only to us some people do drugs some people sex you know gambling whatever and then some people are like no i need to meditate and you start working out it's all depends mm -hmm. what like every mo every emotion can be a motivator to do whatever you need to do right so the emotions are unique uh the same the common denominator but the, our stories are unique and so is the process what we do after mm -hmm. and in that moment I realized that as left could work for the world. Hmm. And so wow. it was like, okay, cause I know how, I can't heal stories, but I can heal. I can teach you how to heal the emotions that your stories created. And mm -hmm. that's how you let go. Cause mm -hmm. when you have nothing left in the tank, like, cause people would be, Jeff, you gotta let this go. Jeff, you gotta let this go. And I couldn't because I was getting another vent on top, top, top of it. So it was like, I had my plethora of crap I could mm -hmm. use on why I needed to suffer. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it was like, when you learn about the power of surrender and you stop resisting, like a lot of people who are really borderline sociopathic, like they, they just rationalize everything. And then you, they, they have a talk with me and they see that I'm, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> and they're like, they always come out with, but Jeff, if I started crying, I would never stop. And I was like, I believe that too. 
And I was like, but you have to realize something. It's like, our pain is not a bottomless well. If our pain is in our body, we only have so much body, we can carry that pain in. And eventually when you let it out and let it out, so when you think about it, it doesn't hurt anymore. It's not triggering anything Mm because you've surrendered to it. Now your mind is gonna, because that energy has come out, your your mind is gonna be like, well, this is what happened. And in that moment, you can now empathize with it, whether you have to empathize with yourself for your mistakes or we have to empathize with somebody else. Hmm. And then that gets you right to forgiveness. Because in that time, you've, you've surrendered to all the feelings, you've accepted that it's happened, and you forgave it, hmm. whether it's yourself or others. There is no more pain. Now, the beautiful part about that is, is because a human being's natural state is love. I know it sounds all culty and drink the Kool-Aid and stuff, but it's, but no, <laughs> no, that's what I got to do. No, but it's like when people look this at as what, what I'm all about. They, they focus right mm-hmm. on the word love and they're like, sounds very cultish. And I'm like, hee hee. I was like, you kind of just showed me how much pain you're in. If you think that love is a vulnerability or something toxic, I was like, you are carrying so much pain and yeah. I can help you. It's, so, it, it's actually really funny. Um, when I lived at home like many years ago my um my mom had a guest that was staying in our house at the time uh, and he, like he was like paying rent for a bit and kind of like helping her out and I was listening to uh like just something uh I think it was like Esther and Jerry Hicks like one of the talks Abraham you, Abraham yes yeah. I was listening to Abraham or or maybe it might have been the secret I can't remember which one it was but he came into the room and he's like you know this is cult stuff right and and I'm and it's funny just because this guy has so much pain. This guy has so like he's he has so many like family issues, and that's why my mom was helping him out. And I looked at him and I was like, "All right, well, you can believe whatever you want, but like this is helping me. Like this is what like these ideas, whether you believe they're from a cult mentality or not, it got me out of depression. It it, it helped me deal with my crap, and which most people don't realize or understand or ever do." You know, so sure, say la vie, believe whatever you like, but I'm then I guess I'm part of a cult that, you know, like it was just, it's, but it's, I, it's just hilarious that people also feel the need to actually even say that. Cause it's like thinking about someone that needs to say that to someone else. There's so much stuff behind that. Like, why do you feel like you're so entitled as to tell someone else what you're listening to is cult stuff? You know what I mean? I know why. Cause as uh, soon as, cause yeah. as soon as they witnessed it. It triggered all the pain that, in their body. Right. They that's got what really I mean. uncomfortable. Yeah. And now we say it. See, that's the one I mean. thing about emotional awareness in life, we, we believe we, we believe that we think, we feel, we act. Mm-hmm. No, it's we feel, we think, we act. Mm-hmm. And ninety-seven percent of it is subconscious. Yeah. So and like the power of as left is because when you like I said, when you start working through your stuff and you start accepting and surrendering, you just you just become aware of your mind and you become aware of the feelings. And every time you surrender, sometimes it's a light one, you know, like, ooh, like I got a little lump in my throat, but it's like, okay, you're there, it's cool. Or just sometimes just full out like when my son got into some stuff, he hurt himself pretty bad by accident and I was like, I, like that was my biggest fear. My mm. biggest fear. And it was like, and I had to really surrender to that. Um, I, it was like for about 45 minutes and I was probably dry heaving, crying. Doesn't matter. I was like, I was like, just do what you need to do. But it was so intense, so powerful. My body was forcing me to yawn because I was like, all this energy is coming out. And I, 
and I, the fear was building up for weeks. And then like, what if this happens? And why weren't you there for this? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, then finally it just, that was its breaking point. And I pa- it was 4.30 in the afternoon. I passed out all night. Like it was, like it was one of those rounds. Mm. And then the next day I woke up and I thought about it and the pain wasn't there. The fear wasn't there. Oh. So it was like, okay, mm. now I'm, I'm equipped to handle this now. Now I can have more positive outcomes to the solution instead of waiting for Chicken Little and the world's crawling because it's on a feeling level. Right. You know, li- life is, I ask people, I'm like, what's more important to you in life? The way you think about it or the way you feel about it? Feel like when you're, well, that's, it's all, it's so, some people are like, both. And I'm like, mm, you only get to choose one, <laughs> you know, like uh, for my game. And yeah, it was yeah, but a lot of people realize that, like, society, schools, they taught us how to think. They never taught us how to feel. Yeah. And so even even I talk to teachers now, they have this program that they're, t- like, getting kids to identify the emotions, like, you know, uh, blue, yellow, red, and green. So blue, sadness, so like, along those lines. Yellow, I think, is, like, a little bit anxious, a hyper, and red is, like, I'm angry and whatever, and then green is, like, I'm good. Okay. So... And I was like, okay, uh, what, I go, and I was like, so what, what do they teach you when you're in the red or in the blue, whatever, and like, oh, breathing t- and everything else. I was like, so you're telling me all coping mechanisms. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, that's fair. Um, but I was like, how about teaching them how to heal it? Hmm. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's cool that, like, hey, look, we never had that in school, you know, yeah. that's really good that you can teach kids how to identify them, but if you're gonna teach, like, if you, got, if you had a disease, which emotional pain is a disease that we carry because it'll manifest in the disease, mm-hmm. either in our actions on a physical level. And I said, okay, I've got the cure for cancer or I've got the coping mechanism for cancer. Right. What would you want? Yeah. Well, I want how to heal it. That's what as left is. Right. So, and because again, most biggest thing I get, man, when I start talking about as left, I get that cynical face. I can actually even feel it on an empath level, just being like, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm going through. And I'm like, yo, man, I was like, you're right. I was like, I, my story, you don't know what I've been through, but yeah. my story is like, I was filled with anger. Do you know anger? I know anger. I had sadness. Do you know sadness? I know sadness. Right. You know, like the ego wants to judge. Like, well, we see somebody upset and we'll be like, what happened? <laughs> and they're going to tell us a story. Yeah. And then our ego judges it being like, you shouldn't feel that sad. Suck it up. Run some dirt in it. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Yeah. Because they're judging. They're judging their own life. It's total ego. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, or then you're like, ooh, that is bad. <laughs> like, I've never been through that. Leave them alone. They're suffering. You know what I'm saying? Right. So we, we're pretty, we judge it. We can identify it, but we don't know how to heal it. And that's yeah. what as left is for. Well, you know what? I think... Um these are all very new ideas for a lot of the world. And so it's interesting what you're saying about the teachers now implementing these new strategies in the school. And I think that's like an amazing step forward. But I think the teachers themselves don't necessarily understand this stuff as of yet. Like this is something that this is what my podcast is all about because I just I love being able to talk about this sort of stuff and spread the knowledge and like have cool people like you on the show because there's just there it's not uh it's not widely known knowledge as of yet so it's great what you're doing because it's and you know there's so much opportunity right now because I think people are waking up and they're starting to understand and you know and starting to really work on themselves and I think um maybe this is an opportunity for you to teach the teachers 
or have a program for kids, you know, and well, I've okay, be honest, truth, be truth and honestful. I've tried to get into Cam H. Oh, yes. S- still no one's returned my vo- uh, voice. My dad now. used to work for Cam H. Um, I tried to get into CMHA. I'm at uh, I'm at the, the the assistant HR level. And um, I've tried for York Region Police and Metro Police. Nobody's getting back to me. And it's like, but it was like to get into Metro, I got a buddy who's a sergeant and he's been following, like we're friends. So I post online. He's like, dude, he's like, we need this. Hmm. And he's like, so, but it. um, What if you did something with him to start? Like, what if you did like a little video series with him that would kind of break the barrier that he could show? his people and you know, and that I could always ask him, but see, and he's right. The big, and this is a lot of things just with say alpha type people. Alphas don't like to share. Oh, totally. So, and I was like, the best thing about as left is you don't have to share anything. If you can share and we can work through it faster. Like I can turn on, when you share, I can turn on light bulbs, like, like a Nikola Tesla. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but if it's like, it's like when I give a presentation and I'll see some people with their arms full. I see some people like, and then I see some people with their arms folded like, I don't know how this applies to me. And I said, mm-hmm. look, I go, just remember one thing. When you're, when you're overthinking and you're stressed out, you're not accepting. And when you apply acceptance saying, it's okay, I'm okay, it's going to be okay, then watch your body relax. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, but the real moment will come is when you actually stop resisting your feelings. You don't project them, you don't suppress them, you don't repress them, you don't compartmentalize them, and you just let it out. It's like, that's when you will feel the difference, and you'll be like, oh, that guy was on to something, because you know? <laughs> it's all personal. Yeah. And it's like, and like I said, I, I've, I've seen it in everybody, it's what we're carrying. I don't know your stories, but I can, see, like somebody can walk into a room, and it's like, I can read off them real fast, and it's not like I'm analyzing them. And yeah. Like, like, the more as left gets popular right now, um, people call me or message me and they qualify me. They want to know about Jeff Karens. And there's a lot of my stories I can't share. And it's not, again, it's not because I'm ashamed of them. I was at one point probably, but it's just because other people are involved yeah. and they have their right to privacy as little as there is these days sure. and whatever. So, but it's, again, that it made me really, f- like I had a lot of anxiety talking to people because I get shut down and I get shut down. It was like, I spent years trying to debunk the debunkers. Like that's mm-hmm. where for the last, since I graduated a couple of years ago, um, it was like, I get, I get stuck and I don't work well by myself, but I am by myself. So mm-hmm. it was like, I'm like, great. So now like I'm consciously lonely, I'm consciously <laughs> fearful, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well I got to work on this. And then, mm-hmm. so that's been almost about two years. And then eventually it was just like, but in that time, the universe was just hooking me up with people. Different stories, different walks of life, and as left was just hitting home runs with them all. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, I get this. And it was like, okay, so I'm putting too much energy on being like, what will they think of me? Like, I'm not a doctor. Right. I'm not this. I'm not that. And it's like, okay. And so this one, this one woman contacted me from the States, and she was doing a hard qualify on me. Like, what's your story? Where are you from? What's your education? Whatever. And I, and I played along with it. Like, I was like, I, I get it. And then finally I was getting a little annoyed, like, not like, but I was like, okay, it's time to move forward. And I was like, okay. Cause I would explain as left and then she'd go back to me. And I'm like, I was like, Jeff, Jeffrey Cairns is very debunkable. Like yeah. all the mistakes I made in life, you went turning over stones, you'd be like, how could you? Like, yeah. geez, that wasn't very smart. Like, go ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> but it's like, you cannot debunk 
acceptance, surrender, empathy, and forgiveness mm -hmm. when it comes to healing. You can't debunk it. Like when it comes to your own personal healing. And mm -hmm. that's what I'm trying. Like, I really don't matter. It's my message that matters because I, and again, I, I used to think it was only for me, but this is for anybody. Like even 12 year olds have gotten this. Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like even 60 year olds have gotten this, like where they just start to start to get it. And they're like, Oh my goodness. So yeah. So when, as soon as the qualifying questions come on, like until I'm, until I'm on Oprah's super soul Sunday, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or I'm sitting across with Joe Rogan, smoking one with him. Yes, Joe. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like until that level hits, because yeah. then people won't care because on, I've right, gotten this the, level gotten of credibility. The, there you yeah, go. Got the yeah, cred. Yeah. So, but in the meantime, if you're suffering, that's why you're going to come to me. Like, and if you're still convinced that you need healing for your suffering, like, um, every Wednesday night I do a broadcast and I go through emotional awareness and a quick as left through, okay. um, just explaining it on a physical level. Like emotional awareness is like, I put it, what was my one at? I was like, if you don't know the answer to any of these questions, you need to watch Wednesday nights. And one is, do you know what an emotion is? Right. Number two, do you know how we create our emotions? B, do you know where we restore our emotions? Right. C, do you know where how emotions affect our mental health and physical health? Mm -hmm. And the last one is how do we heal our emotions naturally? Because that's the beautiful part about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, did I self-medicate through times and everything else? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I healed depression and I healed anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, multiple personality disorder. Like you could diagnose me with a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. But I healed it all just through emotional awareness, through as left. So, right. because like, was I mentally ill? Absolutely, I was just seeing the negativity, I was getting agoraphobia, and I'm an outgoing guy, and I'm like, no, I don't wanna go out, you know, people aren't gonna like me, yeah. it's a problem. And I was like, wow, where's this coming from? Like, and I could see myself just slipping down a darker and darker hole, but it was like, as, as I healed the emotions, and like I had those powerful moments of surrender, and I started to forgive myself and others, Everything else, the next day got better, and I never went back to that level of darkness. Okay. You know, yeah. like you go up, up, and up, and then all of a sudden, oh, you need to work on this. You know, on a feeling level, you work through it, and then you're even higher, you're even higher, and you're even higher. Yeah. And we go back to our natural state, which is, if you don't like the word love, it's just peace, it's joy. Mm -hmm. like my mind's not racing into the future, and it's not beating me up about haunting me with my past. And it just, like, if you're aware enough, like, in the now, in the present moment, you're like, I'm in the present moment. This is great. <laughs> but if you're not, and that's not even your thing, you're just going to be happier. You're going to be more tolerant. And that's right. the T and as left. It's tolerance. Um, like, if you're driving to work and somebody cuts you off or whatever, and you're like, mm, you start white knuckling it and you're thinking about how <laughs> they should die. And you're like, wow, I'm not being tolerant. Okay, that means I'm carrying emotional pain. Not right, them. Right. They didn't do anything to me. I'm doing this. Yeah, you've developed a habit of that's how you're, you, you're yeah. not really dealing with your emotional pain. That's yeah. right. And tolerance is your measuring stick. Being right. like, well, how am I feeling? Because as soon as you get triggered, it's on you to fix. Sure. It's not on somebody else to like, like in today's society, what I've seen is that like we tr we're trying to get everybody to walk on eggshells. Like if they're triggered, they're now handicapped. Being like, oh, be careful with Barbara. Oh, you know, yeah. like she gets triggered easily. So yeah. now I can't have a ham sandwich. Oh, it's like, the worst, actually, though. Like, it's, uh, we live in such a victim culture, victim minded culture. And it's, uh, it's something that I have been thinking about a lot recently and how I can help get people out of that victim mentality. Cause it's just, it doesn't do you any good, you know? The first, the <sighs> first step is, the, like, if you really want to become a master of your emotions, mm -hmm. rule number one is nobody hurts you except you yeah. on an emotional level. Now yeah. that can really screw somebody up and make it unbelievable because they look externally 
of all the stories that have happened to them. Right. But there's also like tons of propaganda and all kinds of things like Taylor Swift's number one song two years ago is look what you made me do you know like when there's and I talk about this song all the time because it's just such a good example of um, unfortunate wrong ideas and placed in society by musicians or actors or whatever like it's unfortunately you didn't make like no one made you do anything you are in charge of your own decisions and uh yeah it's kind of scary with that influence yes but who knows maybe taylor doesn't even know but um alan cross oh yeah fair i don't think she probably does i mean what how old is she you know like i just 20s her brain is just barely done developing she's figuring out too yeah yeah so (laughs) um no but yeah no i see the culture and everything else and then it's like even some celebrities lie about being depressed and stuff to get that attention and oh. it's like oh he gets my pain he knows it yeah. so so yeah when you get offended when you realize that you get offended or uptight and i still get offended like i'm not i'm not gandhi i'm not jesus I ain't you're not, not i swear you were channeling gandhi yeah you know when like, you when, when you spoke his words i was like oh there's gandhi like, there's gandhi right here man <laughs> well no because a lot of people like some some people, when they really get involved in talking to me and we're breaking down their life and it's just focused, they're just, they're like, oh, you're a guru. And I'm like, no, no. I was like, I go, I'm a way too much of a screw up to be a guru. Like, and I was like, and my first ever presentation was be your own guru. I don't think that's true. No, I don't think it's true either, but no, I'm saying. No, I mean, I don't think that you're too much of a screw up to be a guru. I would say, actually, you are a guru. You, you have a plethora of knowledge and you're sharing it with the world and, I mean, it depends on what the definition of guru is to you. Fair enough. Well, yeah. no, because they'd be like, you're my guru. I need my guru. Can we talk? I mean, there's YouTubers out there They go that call themselves beauty YouTubers. I'm sure you could call yourself a guru as well. Yeah. Be- sorry, beauty YouTube gurus. Beauty gurus, it's called. Beauty yeah. gurus, yeah. gotcha. No, I'm, yeah. no, because actually my first ever presentation, when I realized I was going to do and present as left, it was called, and it was what, like my girlfriend at the time, she really liked. She really liked my potential, mm. not so much my message. And I'm like, as a very calm between, and being like, I huh. love you, but you believe in me, but you don't believe in what I'm trying to say. So I was mm. like, uh, it's tough. Um, I'm sure she's doing well. So, <laughs> and I only wish after that. thought. After thought. So, but she kept she kept pushing me. She's like, watch this. Uh, it was Tony Robbins, be your own guru. She's like, you need to watch this. I'm like, not watching it. Like just <laughs> like just all feisty and whatever. Because I was stuck. I was like, I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew the message was good, but I was still stuck. Yeah. And then so, sits my ass down, and we start watching it. And like, and I started getting more and more angry. It's like this guy's just talking about the stuff I already talk right. about. Like just getting petty annoyed looking at his big ass hands and that smile and I'm like no it's not fair don't you think that this is actually just so common within relationships though because they have their own perception biases of us and and they will see you a certain way and they'll know all of your stuff and your story and you know and so their perception of you isn't the same as you know, like, let's say Tony Robbins, you know, so it, it makes sense as to why she couldn't get past or really like listen to you when you were saying those things. Uh, maybe. Well, maybe. But it was like, so she goes, I wanted you to watch this because she knows that she's like, I know you get mad. She's like, are you ready to present? And I was like, I'm ready to present. <laughs> so I was like, OK, let's do this. Because uh, you can see even with Tony, he stops at a certain level, like he knows his crowd. And then all of a sudden he'll just maybe bring up the word consciousness and then. Maybe it's editing in the video. I don't know. Uh, oh. But like he stops. Like he will like, he, ch- he keeps it like 
if you're a very closed mind, like, okay, so you'd have, say, like, I don't know, uh, you have the Dalai Lama on one side, <laughs> and then you have the most closed-minded person on the other. Okay. I'm right in the middle. Like, I'm, I'm still rock and roll, but with a little bit of namaste, you know? Like, I'm not there yet. I can't, I can't be walking around being like, namaste, my light sees yours. I'm not there yet. I'm totally, but I'm that so guy, I'm that guy, like, who, if you came to me and you talked to me, um, you'd, you'd be able to see why you'd want to make the transition. Like, being like, what is the benefit of just opening up my mind and letting some shit go? Like, maybe yeah. I'm going to learn some new stuff. Yeah. You know? and, that's, and I'm that guy who can make you feel comfortable on it because, like, my life has filled, been filled with probably some of the life experiences you've gone through. Like, I'm not, I'm not sitting in a $2,000 suit saying how mm-hmm. good I am and this is what you need to do yeah. to get where I am. No, yeah. no. It's, it's like, just listen to me speak. I'll tell you, ask me a question. I'll try and be as open and honest as I can because mm-hmm. I really want you to make the connection. But if you're going to sit there and just judge me, then you're going to get lost in the message. Sure. But if you listen to being like, oh, okay, no, I know what that feels like. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's how you got rid of that. That's how you identified it. Okay, I can do that. Hmm. No, so, and then, like, because I'm, maybe one day I will be sitting up in a mountain burning some incense and just got my line of crystals all around me. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm not against it. <laughs> but it's like, but when I see those people just walk up to me, and they're like, namaste, and they're being all, like, they're trying to be gentle, but I can feel them su- suppressing, being like, like, that's not the namaste way. Yeah. Like, they're like, and you can see them, like, just the veins going, but they're, like, yeah. just being like, no, no, I got it. Like, it's the universe. And I'm like, you're not being a human being. Like, yeah. like go with the flow. We're supposed to get angry. We're supposed to get sad. We're sure. supposed to, like, anger is a gift. Anger, but as soon as, we, like, we punch something or take it out on something, that's aggression. But when you, you we need anger to get us out of fear and it'll lead into courage to make Mm -hmm. the change we need to Mm -hmm. but if we stay consumed in it then it just eats us and then we start making stupid mistakes and we start lashing out and then all of a sudden we've got guilt and shame like Mm. there's three types of anger there's the exploder which i was maybe i still am i don't know Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones who feel wronged and they just come in and just, it's a hurricane. Like I'm willing to blow everything up to justify myself. Now <laughs> you might've been right in what you're trying to say, but your delivery made you all wrong. And that's what the other parties were focusing on. Not your right. message, but the way you delivered it. Yeah. So now you've got guilt and shame and now 10 times more anger because yeah. nobody wants to forgive you. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the exploder. I was that. And then there's the underhanded. The people who screw with you, they talk shit behind your back, you know, they'll, they'll like try and get one up on you, whatever. Like, see, I, used, I was like, those people are fake and whatever. Whenever I caught them, I'd pretty much threaten them because I hated them. Like, I was like, be a, like, be a man. If you got a problem with me, say it to my face. Let's like, I should. And they can't. I realize this, that they can't. They have all this anger, so they have to screw with you. And like, it's funny because once they knock you off your pedestal, they've done something to you. They're like super nice to you. Because it's just like it's just like being really mad at someone, punching them. Like I feel better, you know. But they screwed with you, and it's like they punched you, and it's like so they got that anger out, and now they're they're actually being genuinely nice to you. But you're like, this is fake, you know. You were doing this, and you were doing that. But it's like when you understand what anger is, then you're like, oh, I get it. Like you're just trying to express yours in the way you best know how. Right. And then there's the ones who just deny that anger's even there. And no, I'm just not angry. And that, that stuff will just kill you. Yeah. Like kills down the organs, kills like doctors can see it in you. Like, um, see that's, that's, I believe that's the repressed anger. And I've only seen that a few times in people where they're just mm. like, 
you can always tell someone's like suppress is that you witness something and you're like, no, I can't see, I can't say that. Like you get the feeling, you're like, no, 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 no. I can't do that. And you're like, back down there, get 10 breaths. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, okay. You didn't heal it. You coped with it. But again, you suppressed it. You didn't let it out. You suppressed it back down again, waiting to be triggered another time. Right. And then repressed is subconscious. They don't know it's there. You don't know it's there. But when it comes out, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was, I was uh, this one girl I was dating. She would tell me these horrible stories about her mom, like like horrible, like absolutely, like like I'm like. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, and this happened, and this happened, and this and that. And I'm like, I'm like, you obviously haven't healed from this. Like, I could, like, this is me speaking honestly to them. You obviously haven't healed because I can tell. Um, there's not much forgiveness and whatever. But I was like, but you seem fine with it, and that's the part that scares me. Isn't that like just sociopathic? A bit? Hey, sociopath- hey, sociopaths <laughs> and narcissists have two things in common. They've been through emotional trauma. Hmm. We just look at it, what's the end development now and want to shame the narcissist and shame the sociopath. Totally, yes. And let's be honest, the more pain yeah. you carry, the more you're going to start thinking self-centered, the more you're going to manipulate the situation to yourself. Yeah. Like when in my class, when they pulled up the traits of a sociopath and a narcissist, and I was just done with about four years of post-traumatic stress disorder. And they're like, does anybody identify with this? <laughs> Everyone's got their hands down. I'm like, <laughs> and everyone's like figures and it, so my and everyone's like at first and I was like well I go I've been through enough pain where I was manipulating a situation because I was scared of the outcome sure. and I was doing this so I was like but here's the thing because at the bottom of both traits you need to have void of empathy hmm. I was like is there has there been times have I been void of empathy and thinking about somebody absolutely but not in a way of life I still when I go to the grocery store I'm still thinking about the other person why I'm going to hold the door open like but it, mm-hmm. there's been maybe and it went for about a week where I had no empathy, where I was just like, F the world, F this. Like, sure, and it's, yeah. So I was like. You're so stuck in your pain. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, but I go, we'll all have traits. If we're carrying around emotional pain, we'll all, we can all show traits of a narcissist and a sociopath. But when oh, you're yeah. void of empathy, that's when you're full blown, you're in there. Yeah. Like, it's your lifestyle now. Yeah. You know, and yeah. um yeah, so that's that's I always I have empathy for the narcissist and I have empathy. Doesn't mean I hang out with them. Yeah. Like as soon as I, as soon as I start like walking like a duck, talking like a duck, Jeff's just not returning calls and I'm up. Like yeah. I've even had to cut friends off like a sociopath. And I've even said that. Like no explanation, no nothing. Because I was like, I'm not wasting my time and my energy. You just won't get it, or it'll be a fake. Like, can we just get along? And but you're gonna do it again because you don't even know you're doing it. So like, you gotta go. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, eh, yeah, no. but you have to do what you need to do for your own, you know, wellness and absolutely, to, you know, you need to keep, um, the energy around you, like how you want to be. Cause they, I think the rule is, uh, the five closest people to you are the ones, or you're like the average of the five closest people that you have around you. And I, I, when I heard that, I went, that is so true. I'm the and average? You're the average of the five people you're around most. Okay. I've never so, heard that before. Yeah. I've heard it many times actually within like the business community. And I think it's so true. And when you really think about all the people, 
that are around you, like your five close people, that really makes you think, oh, wait, do I want to live a lifestyle like the five closest people around me? And if the answer is no, then you got to get some new closer people around you. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Well, there's one guy on uh, on YouTube, this billionaire dude, and I just caught the video for five seconds. He's like, I can tell if you're going to be successful or not just by the friends you have. It's exactly what he's talking but about. But then I was like, joke's on you, buddy. I've cut everybody out of my life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, no. Because... <laughs> Jokes on you. It's just There's, me, myself, and I. Yeah, meet my cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's very loving. Oh, no. No, but um, but it's like when you decide to make that decision <laughs> that you're not going to tolerate anymore. But you're not going to band aid. You're not going to carry them along till you find something better. You're yeah. Just, then, then true loneliness sets in. Like you're sure. you. That's the that's the metal that you have being like, how lonely of a human being am I? Like, yeah. and loneliness is a feeling. Um, we can be in a crowded room and feel that we can connect. Totally. To I've felt that many it, times. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But so what I've tried to do and I'm still doing is turning loneliness into solitude. Hmm. Like, um, no more boredom. Like the biggest thing for addiction and crime at first is boredom. Why did you do that? I was bored. Interesting. I didn't know that. I, yeah. And it's like, so when anybody goes to a rehab when they're getting out of rehab, they have like a list what are you going to do if you get bored? You know, call a friend, go for a walk, do this, do that, do this, do this. Oh, wow. But, in, but huh. you know what they never suggest? Sit in it. Because you need to become consciously aware huh. that you don't like chilling with you. Right. And when you, do, when you can be like, oh, snap, okay. Yeah. Well, I feel anxious right now. Take a few deep breaths. It'll start telling you. Hmm. If you're willing to feel it, like the way our subconscious works, if you're willing to feel it, then it tells, that's, the price then you get the stories of what created it in the first place but we get confused with the conscious mind because if we think it if i think some positive thoughts i can suppress the 95 percent of crap feelings i'm feeling and you know what it can work huh. and you can get into that state of gratitude but then it wears off because what happens is the subconscious starts to the feeling starts to come back up it's like people who wake up in the morning and they need a coffee or they're going to cut somebody like so what happened oh that's my that's my boyfriend there you go. <laughs> so it's like, needs that coffee every morning otherwise miserable so what is happening <laughs> so you're on a physical dependency level the the body's used to it the body wants it but what it but what has happened in the six to eight hour sleep you got is all that pain came to the surface hmm. so it's like and it's not because it's you it, it's not there on a critical thinking level on a cortex level it's there on a feeling level on a limbic level and then you're like well just give me some coffee give me a stimulant and whatever now i can get back on my day but if you like and i've done this because i was that guy i can i can be that guy but when i'm when i'm like oh, okay i'm gonna ride this out then it usually like takes about an hour or two and then it's like i have to surrender and it's like oh and then it tells me the story because i'm not judging myself for being down right like a big thing is when we when we cry we we think one of two things we're losing and we're broken Oh, I just need five minutes. I'm, I'm just yeah. broken right now. I just have to regain myself and whatever. Minor so, meltdown. There you go. And we look at it as like it's a weakness. So mm. even as we're crying, we're like, I hate crying. Uh, yeah. So we're releasing and building, releasing and building. And it's like, just get me through this. <laughs> this is what's going on. But when you when you bring the conscious awareness that you're like, okay, I'm just going to feel what I need to feel. And it'll come in waves. And every wave that gets stronger and stronger, it's taking you back to an earlier and earlier event until you get the big one. But it's not usually that big because you've you've been letting out the little ones first, but you know it's the major one. And you'll notice that it's a story that you never accepted or forgave. Mm-hmm. Like, and then in that moment, you got the brand new consciousness. And now there's the thing that caused it. Well, I'm, the pain's out. The story is now healed. The story's healed. 
the mind will be because the mind will always like take the path of least resistance and it'll be like so you'll feel better about it and you'll notice that thinking about it no i forgive it and it feels easy to forgive mm-hmm. then the next day or the next time something bad happens your mind will want to take you there mm-hmm. again you, that's when it and because it's matching to a feeling you're having right there it'll take you back to that story and you'll be like no i forgave it right and it's like might work real magical in that one moment but usually it takes a little bit of work no i yeah. forgave it i forgave it and then eventually you just realize you're just like I have nothing left to give. Right. And it's and it's not like it's not like I'm so broke and I got nothing left to give. It's like, <laughs> look, man, like and we'll talk about breakups cuz I've never been married, so obviously I've had a lot of breakups. Hmm. So Not uh, obvious uh, though. It, it can be. When you're <laughs> when you're 43 and you're not <laughs> you never been married, you've had a few breakups. So that's that's where and it's like and it's oh, it's always been awakening. It's and because I've met different women in different parts of my life on the way I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I like, and I didn't realize that a I was codependent. I was toxic codependent. Hmm. Like when we were learning that in school, I nearly threw up on the table because it was like all the symptoms of, and it's like because I'm a strong guy, I'm an outspoken guy, and whatever. But um, like for a toxic codependent relationship, you need the punisher and the forgiver, and then the punished and the forgiven. Hmm. And it was like I like, and then there's the cycle of codependency, and. Is like so everything's fine, then there's boredom, and then slash fantasy, then there's compulsion, can't let it go, then there's um, outlash, reaction, and then there's punishment, forgiven, everything's fine. Mm. And it took me right back to being like, well, one time my girlfriend's over, we're sitting there playing video games, and my phone goes off. It's 11:30 at night. That is back when the BlackBerry. And uh, <laughs> so that nothing showed up on the screen. It's like, ding, I could feel her anxiety. She'd be like, what kind of an asshole texts at thir- 11.30 at night? And I'm like, probably somebody with a phone, but it's your turn. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want this to be an argument. <laughs> and like, can't, so it goes on, you know, like, yeah. and then even though it didn't ring again, you know, like, you know, do you remember when you were talking to that chick? And it's like, oh my I thought we worked that out. Nope, we didn't. It's right back <laughs> into play. And now I'm being punished. And now it's like, I got to beg for forgiveness or stand my ground for a bit because I think mm-hmm. I'm right. And then they just whittle you down. Because yeah. at the bottom line is that I always based my happiness on somebody else's. Being like, if I can make, cause if I can make you happy, then I can be happy. Right. And that is toxic codependency. And there's where you can get your empath and your sociopath. And why did they come together? And why do they stay together? Hmm. It's just because usually the empath is like, I, I only believe my value is on them. Like if they're happy and I can fix them, then I can fix me. Or then I'm in a status and then we can have this beautiful relationship and whatever. And usually we base the, what, what's the best about it is kind of like, you know, um, usually sex or the way you party. But when those two things go away and you're just left with like kind of matters of the heart and your thinking, that's when crap can go really bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, yeah. it's like, so I under, uh, when I saw the cycle, I was like, like, I was like and I oh. felt real. I hated myself for it. Like I felt all this shame come up and everything else. And the teacher's like, you all right? I was like, just feeling a lot of shame right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I explained to the whole class and they gave them the story. They all laughed. And on the exam, they all passed because they remembered the story because they had to fill it in. Oh. Like, I remembered your texting story. Oh, my god! You know, because it went through the whole cycle. So <laughs> it was like just that awareness. So it's like when I meet women now, I'm like, they're like, what kind of guy are you? I'm like, well, I'm codependent, but I'm not codependent. <laughs> and they're like, what do you mean by that? I was like, well, I get because I identified with it. But if I see it coming along now, I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> 
That's know. probably a triggering word to use when yeah. you meet a new girl. Maybe don't use that word. You know, like, well, well, it's funny. I can't really get relationships now because I'll start talking to them and then all of a sudden I go into as left uh, and they're like, my, my, my life is totally changing now and whatever. Like, let's just put it this way. Jeff's not getting lucky. Like Aww. their life's changing, but they're on such an emotional level. Like what, what connected in the first place ain't there now. So I'm oh like, oh my gosh. Eh. <laughs> Like, at least Aww. I'm doing good. But yeah. Um, yeah, no. So it's, it's, I love As Left. I'm very passionate about As Left. Yeah. And I'm very more confident now that As Left can help anybody on a cognitive level. Like, Amazing. if you have the cognition to, rec- to be self aware of what's going on, then As Left can help you heal. Mm-hmm. Some people maybe not believe that they need healing, but it's like, so that's why I was like, do you want to be happier? Like, there's some people who be like, you, you're going to contact me when you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm-hmm. It's like, then I, I'm magic. I'm helping. You're going to think I'm a godsend. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, no, hey, listen, I know I could work on some stuff. That's when I recommend just watch a presentation. Save yourself some money. Um, just watch a presentation. Or the people are like, no, I'm really in this to change this. And I offer a four-week emotional awareness course. Like, Amazing. Sounds like there's an exam, but it's not. It's really just we're going to work one-on-one. What has left is, what emotions are, and how they apply to you. Because it takes, right. it takes 20 to 30 days for the brain to kind of reestablish a new belief pattern and system. Mm-hmm. So that's what, you know, once a week between 60 to 90 minutes. And yeah. So. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. So um, we actually, before we just get into this, I want to, because you didn't actually tell us exactly what as left stood for, just for everyone listening. Oh, fair enough. Oops. Um, Okay, so as left, it's six words. Um, Acceptance, surrender, love, empathy, forgiveness, and tolerance. Right, so we kind of went through a lot of it, but just just to have it all, like, you know, laid out. Keep it real simple. You cannot be depressed if you've accepted everything that's happened in your life up to this point. Mm -hmm. You cannot have emotional pain if you've surrendered to it, and that pain cannot generate itself if you forgive it. Right. And if forgiveness is tough apply empathy and you'll eventually just go back to the state of love a natural mm-hmm. state mm-hmm. wow wonderful honestly this has been so awesome I'll, before I actually pull the card I'll get you to read your goal though like what I, before um before we even started the the podcast I got Jeff to write down a goal that he's focusing on right now so what did you write down one million people to learn as left Wow, I love it. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Reaching for the stars. That's Well, I figure I, 7.5 billion people. I'm giving myself an average number. Hey, that's not that. That's not even that high. You I could just totally keep, do it. I keep telling my friends, my son, everything else. I was like, once somebody with clout, once a celebrity, whatever, learns as left, everything else, I was like, it'll just blow up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just, the worst thing about as left is that it's new. That's its only downfall. Yeah, man. Yeah, so, you have so much to offer and everything that you've talked about on here. I'm sure there's going to be a number of people that listen to this episode that are going to check out your website and absolutely love what you're saying. So I'm excited for you. I appreciate that. Because you yeah. are my first. You are. I am the first guest. So like, if you're like, do you remember your first being a guest on your first podcast? I'm like, yeah, Melissa. <laughs> She's so cool. Right. Okay. So um, usually, actually, you know what, what I might do? Um, usually I will pull a card for my guests, but, uh, in the beginning I was also letting my guests pull a card for themselves. So would you like to do that or would you like to go with the cards? What does your feeling tell you? Yeah. I feel like you should pull a card as well. All right. 
Do All I have right, to knock so. your energy out of it first, or should I just pick? No, I already tuned into yours. All right. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Sassy. I already said for for you. So whatever right, this one. you're drawn to, wonderful. Okay, so this is one that I did. This one sort of flew out of the deck. So we're gonna like look at that for afterwards. But this is the one that I had pulled, and it is uh, the Winged Wise Ones, and it's all about angelic help. Okay. I can and, use some of that. Right. Well, we're talking about getting some help to promote your sh- your your ass left. So uh, it sounds like you're going to get some help from the angels. And then the Desert Prince is what you pulled. And Ooh. it's the card for survival. So um, for everyone listening, in case you are a brand new listener, I'm using the Wisdom of the Hidden Realms deck. It's the Oracle card deck by Colette Baron reed whom I'm absolutely obsessed with. And you mentioned that you don't know who she is. You should totally look her up after this because she's getting just, an experience right now from her she's really cool excuse me this is from me through her cards <laughs> <laughs> all right so 34 okay so any thoughts feelings ideas or sensations that you get while reading this card to you is relevant to what you need to know so always allies and never challengers the winged wise ones represent the aid of all the angels haha <laughs> when you enter their realm know that your sincere prayers will be answered according to the will of the divine this all also represents divine intervention and the potential of miracles to heal and transform as if by magic Have faith, whatever your circumstances. Heavenly beings are watching over you. The winged wise ones give you a glimpse of the future by offering messages whispered on the wind. Hmm. These are translated within you as inspired thought, instantly unraveling the past and revealing the present, which is exactly everything that we've been talking about. Be aware of the higher consciousness in you. This is a good time to observe your thoughts through meditation. Who is observing those thoughts? That self is kin to the winged wise ones who have come to help you soar. So what does that tell What does this tell me? It tells me that, well, I mean, certainly like it does say to meditate, to tune in, but it, uh, Personally, I think that it's saying that you're always being guided and you know what the next step is. You'll know what to do next. You've just got to trust your inner guidance. So that, I think that's exactly what the whole card is talking about. And, and uh, you know, whether you believe in angels or not, it's saying that you're always being taken care of. So if you can just think of it from that mindset, then you know that. Like, believe in angels. Pardon? How do you know I don't believe in angels? Oh, no, I'm just speaking for everyone listening. Like, regardless, if you don't believe in angels, that's what it's saying. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, but if you do, then there you go. <laughs> it's always the, oh, the higher vibration. That's the way I like to look at it. Yes, yeah. definitely. So, yeah. Cool. cool. Like so that that's one. the now, first one. And this is the one that you pulled. So oh, what number is that? Smashing. Good looking man. Uh, 19. 19, yeah. It's a very interesting looking Those man. Abs. <laughs> yeah. Future, maybe. <laughs> When you stumble upon the desert prince, you receive a gift. The plant life that exerts in the desert environment is well defended, tough, and succulent, even though it gets little or no water. In spite of external conditions, extraordinary life can form and thrive. Be tough, have courage, and dare to dream no matter what the circumstances. It may seem to be a hard time, but not only will you survive, you will thrive. In spite of conditions, you'll succeed. Dry spells are also true tests of faith and courage. Expect nothing less than what is in your most precious dreams and watch uh, miracles manifest. Like a million people being affected by Azaf. I'm like sorry. No, because uh, driving down here, 
it was like just kind of repeating because I've never been on a podcast before or anything like that. And it was like, <laughs> and I learned probably what's been pushing me lately for the last two months to really get out there more is that you got to have faith in one of three things, yourself, God, or the universe. Because if you yeah. don't, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. But if you do, that's your anchor to get through anything. Right. So it's just funny that I was looking at that and then that coined with that. And, it totally did. And now the one that fell out. Ah, yes. Well, see, this one I was holding off on, but we're going to read it. So it's called The Prison Waif, and it's about self-sabotage. I think this is a little bit more about your message and helping people that self-sabotage, but it could also be within how you feel about yourself. How's this? I'll share. If you give me the thing, I'll be like, if there's any relation. Sure. Okay. I'll hold back. Okay. When the prison, I don't even know how to say that, waif, I think, arrives in his realm as your ally, he comes to remind you of the law of paradoxal intent. Your own self-sabotaging thoughts and hidden beliefs are, in fact, preventing you from your highest good. You might believe that you're doing all you can to manifest your reality, but perhaps you're giving into thoughts such as the following. I can't do this. I'm unworthy. I'll fail, so why try? I don't deserve this. I'm unlovable. In fact, you, you're locked in a prison of your own making. That's good news because it means you have the key to let yourself out, which you know, of course. This is a sign that you need to spend some time with yourself addressing those beliefs that counter your hard work to get ahead. You can change them if you want to. You don't want to stay in prison, do you? Take inventory uh, inventory of your thoughts, let yourself out of jail, and spend a few minutes outdoors in gratitude. It's time to let the sun shine in. Now, I can honestly comment on this just based off of our conversation and, and you not... Like, I remember at one point when we were just talking about the guru, I'm like, to me, absolutely, you could be a guru. Like, there's there's no middle ground for me. And you kind of like, you put yourself in the middle ground. And you said, oh, I'm not there yet. But actually, you are already there that there yet. And I would say, out of all the guests that I have on my podcast, I would say you're top 5% of people that are extremely self-aware and knowledgeable. So... I think that is a thought that you have about yourself that you should absolutely work through because you are very, very knowledgeable and I've completely appreciated this episode. So thank you. I appreciate it. Again. Yeah. So that's just why what I had to comment on that. And I won't, <laughs> I won't lie that um, when I graduated school and I was now left alone and the momentum was just me to do. Yeah. Those thoughts came in and they were quite relevant. Um, and yeah, I could tell they were hindering me and everything else and blah, blah, blah. And I went through a few months of hating on myself because I'm like, mm-hmm. you should be doing this. You should be doing what I wasn't doing. I wasn't accepting where I was at. Right. And then, so f- yeah, it's been a work in process, but those thoughts are starting to, um, dismantipate. Like they're just not, they're yeah. like, there's more positive to whatever. And they're eventually like, you know, if you wake up on the wrong side of bed, you know, that voice can be pretty good. But then yeah. it's just like, but that's, that's my past, you know, and it's. Well, uh, you know what? I, I love it because it's completely in alignment with what you promote, which is that you're human mm-hmm. and that you're going to continue throughout your whole life to have beliefs that will get in your way. But it's about coming to a place of accepting them, working through them, right? Like just being okay where you are and like you're acting as an example, right? Like, and you're, you're teaching what you're actually doing doing so it's amazing i appreciate that thank you yeah awesome well thank you so much for coming this was absolutely amazing could you maybe just briefly tell everyone where where they can find you your website whatnot 
Sure. Um, to strangers, please don't add me as a friend on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> but you can always like my page. Um, it's facebook.com forward slash Jeffrey J. Karens or jeffreykarens.com as left.com or um, Instagram as left. And what am I missing? Oh, the Facebook page for as left um, is the as left foundation. Right. So that's a S L E F T like literally go. how it sounds as left. If you're, if you're sad, go as left. Man. All right. Wonderful. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. And honestly, I, I've, this has been so fun and I've learned, I've learned a lot through this conversation. Appreciate so well, I, I, hope, much, I hope to come back. I yeah. Come yeah. Back I would love that. Well, that's kind of why I get you to write a goal. Cause I'm going to follow up when you have your million uh, followers there in the future. Um, and I, I always love to finish on this note my motto is very in alignment with what you teach uh, the grass is always greenest where you are right now so it's about accepting where you are right now and trying to see the joy in the present moment so Perfect. yeah thank you so much for listening guys and as always i'm sending you so much love light and motivation to go slay at your goals namaste For more Namaste or to support the Namaste podcast, visit patreon.com slash Melissa Malati. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Melissa Malati.